Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin. Allahumma salli ala sayidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Continue kitab al-hikam of Ibn Ataillah Iskandari rahmatullah alayhi. A book full of wisdom. This is the chapter on thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, "Man lam yuqbil 'ala Allah bi mulatafatil ihsani qida ilayhi bi salasil al-imtihani." Man lam yuqbil 'ala Allah whoever does not draw near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Iqbal means in this case aqbal yuqbilu iqbal is to come forward uh, to rush forward to focus oneself to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has given us blessings and has given us an opportunity to come through, come to Him through the blessings. But if a person, uh, he selects, he chooses, لَمْ يُقْبِلَ عَلَى اللَّهِ He does not come towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. بِمُلَاطَفَاتِ الْإِحْسَانِ Despite the continued loving caresses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His benevolence, His gifts, His graciousness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving favor upon favor and a person instead of coming near to him, drawing near to him by thanking him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided that this person should not go to Jahannam this person should not be deprived of his mercy he is watching and observing the person's reaction that no matter how much I continue to bestow upon him instead of being thankful to me, instead of coming near to me I have granted him deen and dunya, I have granted him health and wealth, I have granted him prosperity, I have granted him all of these blessings, and he is not coming near to me. Then there is a second option. As we say, you know, if you don't learn you know, the, the easier way, there is a harder way to learn. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, qida ilayhi, may draw this person towards him, may in fact drag this person back to him, by shackling him with the chains of misfortune. Shackling him, tying him down, tying him up and dragging him. So, like the child, if you are taking him to the candy store, he may be rushing forth. That's one way he can enter the building. And if it is <clears throat> maybe the first day of kindergarten, first day of school in his life, not the first day for this academic year, or he has to go to the doctor, the dentist. Uh, not the first time to the dentist may be easy, but the second time to the dentist, uh, after having had a very painful experience, then um, he is not rushing forth, but he may have to be restrained and tied down and dragged. So over here, he is giving the example of a person coming near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, going towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is the easy way, go towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by thanking Him for His blessings. And as the person continues to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings, he is drawing nearer to Him. But if that doesn't work, if that is not dragging you, if that is not giving you enough motivation to come towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the other option also remains. To be shackled towards Him with the chains of misfortune. So this is a very uh, profound statement and a very beautiful statement, beautifully crafted and worded. As we see, uh, he maintained the rhyme scheme. The first sentence, he ended the ihsan. The second one, intihan. 
من لم يقبل على الله بمولات فاتل إحسان قيد إليه بسلاسل الامتحان Whoever does not come near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala despite all the ihsan from Allah ta'ala, the kindness from Allah, may be shackled and dragged towards him with the chains of imtihan, test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are these the only two options? No, there are other options as well. These are the two options for the one who is coming near to Allah at the end of the day. But the third unfortunate option is the one who ends up being deprived from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and flung far from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he has ibad and rahmatillah he's thrown flung away from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is the definition of la'na itself that is unfortunately the mal'oon who is the mal'oon individual what is the meaning of la'na la'natullahi ala al-kathibin as Allah ta'ala says ala la'natullahi ala al-kathibin lo verily the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is upon those who lie so what is the actual translation of la'na? La'na actually means ibad and rahmatillah that a person is thrown far away from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah protect us all. The commentary of which is mentioned that those servants in whom nobility and lofty intelligence are inherent do not become proud and arrogant as a result of the bounties of Allah that they are awarded. They do not lose themselves in indolence, forgetfulness, and worldly love. The bounties serve to increase their love for their true benefactor. In consequence, they become engrossed in obedience and worship. So the more a person is gifted by Allah Ta'ala, the more thankful he is. Blessings of deen, blessings of dunya, he is doubling over in humbleness in front of Allah, in thankfulness and gratefulness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So these blessings are increasing within him shukr, and he is not falling into kibr, becoming more grateful, not arrogant. Um, those who consider these bounties to be the goal do not pers to pursue they believe them to be the objective they do not direct their attention to Allah the most high they are looking at the ni'mah not looking at the mun'im they're looking at the blessing not the one who is the source of the blessing not the mun'im uh, as a result they are caught up in many trials and hardships for them these misfortunes may act like chains by means of which these servants are forcibly drawn to Allah most high as such, the trials and hardships are in reality a blessing for them. Subhanallah. So if a person is not coming near to Allah, not coming to the masjid, because of the beautiful, despite the great health Allah has given, sometimes when a person is sick, then he will now draw near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person has a great job and good income, steady income, is not thanking Allah, sometimes he may come after he loses his job. Then he cries, Oh Allah, grant me risk, grant me risk halal. Etc. Etc. Moving forward, he says, "Man lam yashkur al-ni'am, faqad ta'arrada lizawaliha, wa man shakaraha, faqad qiyadaha bi'iqaliha." So over here, he mentions zawaliha and iqaliha. Man lam yashkur al-ni'am, faqad ta'arrada lizawaliha. Whoever is not thankful to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for all of His graces, His blessings, then he is running the risk of losing them. The zawal, losing these blessings. And on the other hand, whoever is thanking Allah for the blessings, he has tied them down and he has like restrained it, he has um, preserved it with his, its cords. Iqal is the cord that the, the Arab used to use to tie the camel. So 
if they're traveling in the middle of the desert and they have to stop for salah or to take a break uh, to rest then they need to restrain the camel to ensure that it doesn't escape but there's no pole to tie the camel to no tree to tie the camel to it is uh, uh, just open desert flat land so they would make the camel sit down and they would take a small piece of uh, small rope and they would um, tie its bended knee right at the joint and the, so this is how they would restrain the camel so the camel then um, it cannot stand up or it, it can try with three legs but the fourth leg it cannot extend it, cannot open it. Since it cannot open the fourth leg, uh, then it cannot stand, it obviously cannot move. So this was the solution to the problem. Then what happened is, uh, they would be wearing a white upper garment to reflect the rays of the sun and protect themselves from the sunstroke, like a long scarf on top of their amama or head, head gear. And when they would untie the iqal, from the knee of the camel, then they would throw it on top of their head, which would help in restraining the upper garment to ensure that it doesn't slide off because it was a means of protection from the rays of the sun. Then also the additional garment, they could cover their faces and the time when the sandstorm would come, the sand would be blowing, the wind would blow the sand into their faces so they would cover their faces. Um, and now this scarf is going to keep on slide here and there and it's going to fall off so they would keep the the rope on top of their head but the rope would be long so then they would twist it around and make it the double ring that you still see till today um so uh, um, this is iqal iqal aqala means to prevent stop when a person has intelligence then it prevents the person from making uh, foolish mistakes it prevents a person from uh, doing uh, something that is harmful. So a child does not have aql, is not aql, so may end up hurting himself, may end up um, taking something harmful as they are crawling and put it in their mouth. So why are they not uh, realizing this is harmful? Because they do not have aql. What would aql do? Aql would prevent them. Because aql means to stop, to prevent. So we even if this is your child, a person who has a mental uh, uh, disorder and is uh, um, insane or not fully insane even, but has some mental health issues, may also uh, not have that ability to uh, stop themselves from blurting out things which are incorrect, which are not appropriate, uh, uh, which um, they should not say. And they act in such a manner because they are lacking in the aql. So aql, aql is that which prevents. Likewise for the intelligence, the inna fidharika da ayatin li'ulin nuha. Nuha nahyun also means to prevent. Allah Ta'ala says indeed therein, therein, therein there are signs li'ulin nuha, for those who have nuha. Nuha is referring to intelligence. So one of the primary functions of the intelligence is that it prevents a person from doing that which is harmful. So a person who is inviting destruction upon himself by disobeying Allah or by disbelieving in Allah, which is beyond that, uh, is this is due to a lack of aql because if a person had aql they would do that which is beneficial they would pre it would prevent them from that which is harmful so that's why Rasulullah he said that you know this this is the actual wisdom um, 
Nabi Sallallahu said, the most intelligent one is the one who takes stock of his nafs and he prepares for the life in the hereafter. So what he said here is Al-Kayyas, the most intelligent one. Wal-Ajizu, and uh, the most uh, foolish person, which is function of the mind, presence of which it, of intelligence is uh, a wise individual, and lack of it is a foolish man. Wal-Ajizu, the foolish one, is man atba'a nafsahu hawaha, who continues to allow his nafs to follow his desires, and then still has long drawn out hopes. Allah will forgive everything. So what is significant in this hadith is that Rasulullah did not say that uh, the most beloved to Allah Ta'ala, which may be the case, but he didn't identify it that way, or the most righteous one, or the one I love the most, or the one closest to me on the Day of Judgment, or the one who's going to have the greatest Jannah, Right? All of these great things. He didn't say that. But rather he said, Al-Kayyusu, the one who is the wisest. Right. The one who is wisest. So this is a function of wisdom. The one who doesn't understand and prepare for the Akhirah is actually the greatest fool. Uh, Allah Ta'ala says, what's wrong with you? Like, what kind of decision you're making? So, if, 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 uh, um, subhanallah if there's a stock that is at the highest level it could ever be and then you say oh this is the best time to buy uh, uh, you'll say no uh, you know you may want to consider sell or you may want to wait till it gets higher but why why you want to buy and just wait or something is really really low and then you say oh my god I'm gonna just sell but that may be the case if you want to cut your losses you think it's gonna completely go down <laughs> you may know what I'm talking about right so so the thing is uh, these are decisions, right? Yeah. So a person may make a foolish decision. A person may, uh, you know, um, may, um, you know, there are so many examples where something is is uh, is uh, obviously a fraud, and he and he falls in into that uh, loss. Somebody is um, deceives a person, whereas an intelligent person he can see. Oh, wait, this is this is right, this is wrong. This is a profitable uh, enterprise and this is something that is going to be utter loss. So likewise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, what is wrong with you? He said, What is wrong with your mind? Where is your intellect? Why, why, this is such a no-brainer. It's not rocket science. It's so obvious. You are giving preference to the worldly life? It's a question. Whereas the hereafter is eternal, it's going to remain forever and it's much better. So why are you preferring the fani over the baqi? So, we think about, okay, working for the akhirah, oh, that's a righteous person. Everybody knows that. Working for dunya, meaning, oh, he's a greedy person. The one who works for the akhirah, the pious person. That's true as well, it's not incorrect. However, did you ever think about the fact that the one who's working for the akhirah is also actually what? The smarter person. And the one who is working just for the dunya and losing out on the akhirah is, is actually what? Foolish person. Like yesterday was Friday, many people got their paychecks. So the one who is working class, blue collar job, his paycheck on Friday, he, he goes to the pub and the bar and he drowns himself in drink or any other place of sin or vice. So he's, he's giving preference to what? Temporary pleasure. Funny pleasure over. Do you think he's investing in his children's college education? I don't think so. Right? There's no money left. Hardly anything to get him through the rest of the week. So he's preferring what? Fani over 
baqi relatively um and and the one who uh listens to the advice of the financial counselor and says well, okay 10% of my income i don't even consider i own it i just put it aside right for the rainy day and uh for retirement and subhanallah for future expenses or if anything happens to me or my children so he he's looking what long term so the one even in this dunya who is um, concerned about the long term you'll say he's an intelligent person and the one who's just worried about instant gratification is a foolish person so let's go back to the hadith the rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said al kayisu the truly intelligent one is um, two things mandana nafsahu who takes stock of his nafs taking stock of his nafs means that uh, just like a person who's spending right and left he he doesn't budget he doesn't plan uh he doesn't uh check his accounts versus the one who is uh budgeting the one who is uh doing the profit and loss checking what's going on this is mandana nafsahu who looks at his nafs and says that okay what are the improvements alhamdulillah what are the areas to improve inshallah let me work on this the mistakes i made astaghfirullah the good things i was able to accomplish alhamdulillah in both scenarios we want to improve inshallah so this is the whole muhasaba going on so just like in the dunya the one who does muhasaba is intelligent the one who does muhasaba the nafs is also intelligent wa amila lima ba'd al maut and he prepared for the life after death this is the uh, component we talked about where he's not just worried about instant gratification but he's concerned about long term wal ajizu and the foolish one is man atba nafsahu hawaha who's following his desires so he's just worried about getting uh fulfilling his lust right now and uh he's so oblivious of the hereafter uh he just reaches wrong conclusions on his own he is uh confirmed on his own oh allah will forgive me wa tamanna ala allah al amani that's why allah taala says wa laqad atina luqman al hikma we had granted luqman alayhi salam hikma which is wisdom hikma and what was that hikma Anishkurillah that he was very thankful to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala as one of the translations is of this wa man yashkur fa inma yashkuru li nafsihi and whoever is thankful is for his own benefit he's not increasing Allah in the least and wa man kafara and whoever disbelieves in Allah or is ungrateful to Allah Allah is not going to be harmed he is ghani and hamid he is worthy of all praise he is the independent of his creation again the same thing is that typically we consider gratitude and shukr to be a function of the heart not of the mind So we say that nobody says my mind is filled with gratitude. We'll say my heart is filled with gratitude. So it is a function of the heart, but it is also a function of the mind, because it is the way a person approaches the blessing by attributing the blessing back to Allah rather than to oneself by saying "Hada min fadli Rabbi" to go to go through the mental exercise. If we pondered and reflected or not, but this is the du'a that was recited amongst the many du'as in the morning du'as. that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that whoever recites his dua in the morning has fulfilled the haq of shukr for the day and whoever recites at night has fulfilled the haq of shukr for the whole night uh, the whole dua of shukr is about nisbah nisbah of the blessing back to allah allahumma ma asbaha bi min ni'matin o oh allah any single blessing that i enjoy today every single blessing ma asbaha ma is am general inclusive ma asbaha bi min ni'matin every single blessing that i enjoy today so it includes all blessings obi ahad min khalqik or any one of your creation enjoy today includes all creation 
So all blessings enjoyed by all creation. So Faminka, they're from you. That the sentence ends right there. Could have ended right there. Faminka. Then there says Wahdaka, you alone. That's other emphasis. Faminka from you and some other gods and from someone else and from other effort and from our personal uh, struggle. No. Faminka. Wahdaka from you. Wahdaka, you alone. You alone. And I really mean it. La sharika laka. Wahdaka already means you alone. But then on top of it, la sharika laka. No one else besides you. So therefore, fa, fa is therefore. You could say, falhamdulak. You could say, so therefore, praise for you. But you say, falaka alhamdu means for only you is there's praise. By bringing the laka first, it has a meaning of exclusivity only for you. Like if you say, um, Na'buduka, we worship you. Nasta'inuka, we seek your help. Everyone knows. Allahumma inna, in, in the witr, the dua al-qunud, Allahumma inna nasta'inuka. Don't we say, Allahumma inna nasta'inuka. For the kids, this is the one. For maybe some of the adults, Allah alam. One of the hardest duas, right? Oh man, don't ask me dua al-qunud. <coughs> Allahumma inna nasta'inuka. Oh, oh. And then it's a period of long one, we get stuck. Okay, and... When you're teaching the maktab, when you get to the surah bayina, it's struggle. Right? Advanced maktab students, lam kafaru. Oh, don't ask that on the test. And the shorter surahs, kuliyal kafirun. They get stuck, confusing. La abdu ma taabduna wa lanta abdu ma abdu. Oh my God, what's going on? So repeating. <laughs> so anyway, so this dua, we're not going to test the dua kunud here. But Allahumma inna nasta'inuka, we seek your help. Nasta'inuka, we seek your help. But in Surah Fatiha, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Yawmideen, is it Nasta'inuka? No. Iyaka na'abudu. And Iyaka nasta'in. Meaning, if you bring the object first, then it means only. So, Iyaka na'abudu, only you do we worship. Alright? Wa Iyaka nasta'in, and only your help we seek. So, whoever is translating it, if you open the tarjuma and you say that, you know, uh, we worship only you in thine aid we seek only you do we seek help from he's not adding that only because he feels like it or oh, it sounds nice uh, or actually maybe perhaps the reader will be more impacted with that he's not adding it on his own he's adding that because that's the construction of the sentence falaka alhamdu meaning uh, all praise is only for you if he said falhamdulak means all praise is for you the al alif lam means all praise Istighraqi, right? So for you only is all praise. And for you only is all thanks. Only and all are, have to be added. For, for you only is all praise. For you only is all thanks. So what is the khulasa? At the end of the day, what's happening in this dua is you're taking the nisbat and the attribution of the blessing back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مَن لَمْ يَشْكُرِ النِّعَمْ فَقَدْ تَعَرَّضَ لِزَوَارِهَا وَمَنْ شَكَرَهَا فَقَدْ قَيَّدَا بِعِقَالِهَا So this iqal is the rope that is used. So obviously if you can, we know that till today, uh, there may be uh, those, the, uh, the double ring, black rings that are on top of the scarves that are worn by the people in the Khalij and, and beyond in the Arabian Peninsula. Jazeerat uh, al-Arab, it is a remnant from that. Nowadays, uh, it, it does not necessarily help in putting a brake on the Mercedes uh, uh, or even the big suburbans, right? 
The suburban, they call them gyms. I said, what is gyms? So the GMC, General Motor Company, became gyms. So, so you cannot break the gyms. Um, but it is it's a remnant from the, from the past. And in that hadith, you know, this word iqal keeps on coming in the hadith as well. Like the one that Allah Ta'ala is, uh, Rasulullah gave the example of how pleased Allah Ta'ala is when a sinful servant comes back to him. Like the one who tied his camel in his iqal and took a rest. But what happened when he woke up? The camel had escaped because maybe he didn't tie it that strongly and tightly. So then he loses the hope that I will die. But then his, he finds his camel back and he is so thankful to Allah. He said, Oh Allah, anta abdi wa ana rabbuk. Oh Allah, you are my slave. I'm your, I'm your Lord. How did he make that mistake? Because he's so happy. So Allah is even happier when a sinful servant comes back to him. Then he says, رُبَّمَا وَرَدَتِ الظُّلْمُ عَلَيْكَ لِيُعَرِّفَكَ قَدْرَ مَا مَنَّ بِهِ عَلَيْكَ Sometimes the darkness comes over you. رُبَّمَا وَرَدَتِ الظُّلْمُ عَلَيْكَ Sometimes the darkness is dark moments in your life. They come upon you. لِيُعَرِّفَكَ قَدْرَ مَا مَنَّ بِهِ عَلَيْكَ in order that he makes you aware of the value of his blessings upon you. SubhanAllah. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, um, he brings the dark night so that we can enjoy the brightness of the sunrise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings his cold, freezing weather so that we can enjoy the spring and the, and the summer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes brings financial difficulty so that we can enjoy prosperity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings sickness so we can enjoy health. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings sadness so we can enjoy happiness. So whenever these, these difficulties come, they're a blessing from Allah in disguise so that we can begin to truly enjoy His, His ni'am upon us. So the condition of the servant here on earth is not always the same. It's not always the same. It's always changing. Allah ta'ala says, Sometimes He brings conditions to make you laugh. Sometimes it brings conditions to make you cry. So this is the nature of dunya is murakkab, is a composite, it's hybrid. And the akhirah is mufrad, it's separated. Places of, of laughing and the place of, uh, of crying. The place of laughing, there is no, no crying whatsoever, jannah. The place of crying, there, there is no opportunity to laugh in jahannam. In jahannam, it's not crying all the time and once in a while there's a, there you can have a chuckle or laugh. There's no laughing whatsoever. In jannah, it's laughing and enjoying forever. There's no opportunity for, for crying. When, when, the, when the Ahlul Jannah will enter Jannah, amongst the four first announcements that will be given to them by the Malaika, Peace be upon you, they will say. Every door they are entering. Peace be upon you. These are the blessings you are receiving for your sabr in the dunya. How beautiful eternal abode. They will say, إِنَّ لَكُمْ أَنْ تَحْيَوْ فَلَا تَمُوتُوا أَبَدًا وَإِنَّ لَكُمْ أَنْ تَشِبُّوا فَلَا تَخْرَمُوا أَبَدًا وَإِنَّ لَكُمْ أَنْ تَسِحُوا فَلَا تَسْقَمُوا أَبَدًا There are four statements. In, verily, in this dunya, in this jannah you have entered, you will remain alive forever and never to become, never to die. Verily, in this jannah uh, you will be أَنْ تَسِحُوا You will be healthy forever, never to become sick. And when Nalakum Antashibu, you will be forever young and never become Tahramu Abada, La Tahramu Abada, you will never become old. And verily you will remain forever eternally rich and you will never become poor. 
So this is khalidina fiha abada forever and ever and ever. And in case this becomes a little bit, you know, a person may get turned off, like forever laughing, forever eating, forever enjoying. You know, you, don't you want to take a break from the partying? Will I get bored of that? No, that's not the case. In fact, that has also been, that, that potential objection has been mentioned and removed in the Quran. In the end of Surah Al-Kahf that you recite and hopefully I will begin to recite every single Friday as well. May Allah give us all tawfiq. Verily those who believe and do righteous actions Allah has prepared Jannat Al-Firdaus as a blessing for them, as a gift for them. خالدين فيها They will remain therein forever. Someone says, wow, will I get ever tired? No. لا يبغون عنها حبلا They will never ever desire to leave. They will never desire to leave. Then the question is that, oh, we get tired here. Maybe Allah will change our nature in Jannah. No, He won't. In the dunya, our nature is كل جديد لذيذ Every new thing is enjoyable. But if, and you, uh, the same blessing over and over again, you get tired. So in Jannah, we're going to continue enjoying the blessings. We're not going to get tired. No, you will get. You will have the same nature. Then how do you wait? Wait a second. How are you going to continue to enjoy? If you if you always want new blessings, because the nature of the blessings are going to change. So the the blessings are infinite, and the blessings are infinitely changing. They're infinitely new. So just like we continue to enjoy new blessings, we're going to continue to enjoy infinitely new blessings. Allah. So every single time, every single every single detailed blessing is going to continually be new. Like ijmalan wa tafsila, like. And big, uh, in general, the blessings are new, but specific, what I mean specific is like, like uh, fruits, for example. So when Allah Ta'ala speaks about fawakih in the Jannah, the fruits of Jannah, so basically the shape of it every time is new, the color of it every time is new, the taste of it every time is new, every single bite is a new taste. So you can't say, wow, that was, that was good, but... Uh, I'm tired of that flavor. So every single time you say, new flavor. Now, it becomes new, 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 until what happens is that, why is there a lack of enjoyment in something that uh, you already know and have enjoyed before? It's because you already know what to expect. And you're expecting the same taste, and you're like, I've been there, done that. I already know how it's going to be like. Whereas the first time, there is an enjoyment in the thrill of, of, of a first-time experience. So what happens is that even this may say that, okay, wow, now you're expecting the taste to be new. So everything being new becomes old. Now what are you going to do? Because when you take a bite of the fruit, you know it's going to be a new taste. So then Allah Ta'ala says, كُلَّمَا رُزِقُوا مِنْهَا مِنْ ثَمَرَةَ الرِّزْقًا So the, it's, you see, look at this one ayah from Surah Baqarah. So when, when, when they brought the fruits, Every time they're expecting the fruit to be what? New one. So if, if they have the same fruit, no matter how good it is, they may get tired. What's your favorite food? Oh, someone will say biryani. But if you eat biryani every day, you're going to get tired. So it's new food. So that's the first thing Allah has done. Instead of bringing that, even though it's awesome, it's great, it's the best flavor in the world, best flavor in Jannah, beyond the world. But the thing is, uh, 
you're expecting, uh, so you get tired of it, so Allah Ta'ala brings new flavors. But then what happens? One day they were brought the fruits. They're shocked. They're excited. They're surprised. You know why? Because they're going to say, هَذَا الَّذِي رُزِقْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِ Oh my God, something absolutely new happened today. What happened new today? We were served a fruit that we were given before. هذا, seriously, هَذَا الَّذِي رُزِقْنَا مِنْ قَبْلُ Oh my, there's an absolute new thing today. The newest experience today, which you never imagined, is we being served a fruit that we were served before. I never expected that. How was it the first time? It was totally awesome, amazing. So it's going to be again amazing. But, so you're craving something. You're, it's out of the blue, you got a fruit. for. So now they take the fruit. When they bite it, they're expecting that same amazing flair. But when they bite it, what happens? Oh, they're again shocked. Triple, quadruple. I don't know. I forgot. I don't know where, how many times to count. Shocked another level. That outwardly, that's what Allah Ta'ala says. It's a trick. Because externally it looks the same, but when they bite it, it tastes different. They'll say, wow, this is mutashabiyah. This looks like the former, but it is actually another new one. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep on changing. You know, to the level of the, your face and your hur's face and your wife's face and everyone's appearance will change and everyone's clothing will change. And this is a continually new blessings of Jannah. They will not want to leave. So in Jannah, it's just a continual enjoyment. Continual enjoyment without There's no nasab, there's no exhaustion, no tiredness. You don't get tired of the parties, you don't get tired of the good time either. Um, so sometimes this darkness comes over you in order that he makes you aware of the blessings upon you. The condition of the servant here on earth is not always the same. There, there is good times and there are bad times. The, the purpose of the good times is how we can thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The purpose of uh, the bad times is to see how we can um, thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, bo- both of these, uh, both of these uh, times are going to pass. Right? None of them uh, are eternal. Just like um, there was a different gathering, but some of the people may have been there. But it's a good reminder once again, the story of uh, Sultan Mahmud Ghaznawi, when he says here, the condition of the servant here on earth is not always the same. It reminded me, Sultan Mahmud Ghaznawi, rahmatullahi, he was a great Mujahid king uh, who fought against the Hindus. And, um, and, in, in, and uh, he destroyed their temples. And uh, that's why in the, in the Hindu or Indian uh, historians do not really like him a lot. They, attack, uh, they speak bad things about him, say bad things about him. So he made like 17 incursions into India from the north. Sultan Mahmud Ghaznawi. Uh, recently one professor, uh, president, principal of a, university, of a school, yeah, he was at one gathering and he said that... Mm, so the, the principal was all walking by the class and he asked, you know, the, the students that Somnath Mandir ko kisne Torah? Who demolished the Somnath Mandir, which is the Hindu temple? So the kid, uh, he said, uh, I didn't destroy it. I didn't destroy it. I'm not, don't get me in trouble. So then the principal said, oh my God. Then he, then he asked the teacher, the teacher said, Asal mein maybe <laughs> uh, Actually, 
I, I happen to not be there either. Right? So please don't get me in trouble as well. Right? So the, actually, this is a historical one, the one of Sultan Mahmud, Ghaznavi, rahmatullahi. So he, he, he asked his um, Qazi Ayaz. Ayaz was his servant and slave who was so wise that he kept on climbing the ranks and he became his wazir. So there are a lot of stories of Ayaz and uh, Mahmud and Ayaz. Mahmud and Ayaz that their scholars mention and their teachers used to mention. Um, so like when you come in front of um, Allah Ta'ala in the Saf, right? Yeah, Mahmud Ayaz. So they say that... Uh, so the master and the slave, you're all standing in the same self. The king and the uh, slave, they're standing in the same self. So um, I was recently uh, in Turkey where not uh, talking about other political opinions of, and behavior of this particular president, but I was in Juma in Masjid Suleimaniyah. So, so Erdogan and his son Bilal Erdogan, they were in the same self just sitting there. They're not in some special box. Uh, with, you know, the security is there, but they're just sitting in the same stuff in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, he asked his servant um, uh, uh, that, see this, um, he, this thing where he says, the condition of the servant here on earth is not always the same. So he told his servant, look, I, I have one task, a uh, mission I want to give you. Can you complete this task? He said, what is that? He said that, Sometimes I'm fighting against my enemies and the Hindu Rajas, I'm defeating them and my, my army is advancing and I'm destroying all of them and I'm continuing to move forward and Allah is giving me treasures and wealth and, and victory upon victory and the forts are being overtaken. So at that moment, a surge of greatness comes into my heart and I begin to feel that I'm the biggest and I'm the most powerful king on the earth and I begin to have arrogance. So at that time, you know, I want you to inscribe something on this ring that has to be legible, it can't be microscopic, so it can't be a long statement, it has to be very, very brief. When I look at my ring, I should read that statement, and all my kibber should vanish, and I should become humble, it should bring me down to earth. But at the same time, sometimes I may be uh, having bad times, my forces may be uh, routed, and I may be facing defeat, and I may have to um, retreat, and I may be captured, I may be imprisoned, I may be tortured by my enemies, my near and dear ones may end up betraying me, my near dear ones, you know this happens with the kings, many times the one who is near them, they end up betraying them. So this is, you know, there's a, there's the pain and suffering from the, the enemy, then there's the pain and suffering from the one who is near. Which one is more? The near one. Jab tir lagata to itna dard na hua ghalib, zakham ka ehsas tab hua, jab kaman deka apno ke haathon mein. So Mirza Ghalib, he says, When the arrow, it hit me, the arrow pierced my body. Then it wasn't that much pain. I wasn't worried about the fact I got shot by an arrow. Then I turned around to see who shot me. Then I began to feel the pain when I turned and I saw that the bow, where did this arrow come from? The arrow comes from the bow. Who's holding the bow? Right? In the people who are near and dear to me, he's the one who fired the shot. When I saw that, then I felt the pain. Right? So he said, anyway, I may end up getting uh, hurt by someone, so what should I do? So then I should again read, uh, read that message, the one message, and then all of a sudden I should be inspired by hope, by 
uh, I should be inspired by courage. So he said, inshallah, I will do it. And you don't have much, it has to be such a powerful statement and there's so much little space. Uh, what is he going to write? So he quickly inscribed in there and gave it back to him and he looked and he said, Ye waqt bhi guzar That's it. That this time too shall pass. Right? It's, a, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. Ye waqt bhi guzar This time too shall pass. So in the happiest moment of a person's life, he should think that, you know, there's no reason to exceed the bounds of, of happiness. لا الله لا Don't cross the bounds of happiness because it's not going to last. And the time of desperation and, and sadness, uh, then a person should realize as well, this time too shall pass. And so there's no reason to take one's life. There's no reason to cross the limits in, 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 uh, in depression. Allah um, Akbar. So in, in the Jannah is happiness forever on one side and sadness forever on the other side. The condition of servant here on earth is not all the same. When uh, the darkness comes, the purpose of the darkness is for us to be able to enjoy the light. Uh, whoever does not know the value of the blessings when they are present will know the value when they are absent. So if the blessing is there, you're not making sugar, then uh, at least when, uh, then Allah Ta'ala says, okay, you have opportunity to make sugar, but then if you're not, then He says, I'll take it away and now you will remember. Subhanallah. So we have the eye, we're not making sugar of the eye. The person who makes sugar of the eye the most is the one who loses the eyesight. And we are now um, ending the session. <coughs> Look what he says. I'm going to uh, skip a few things. Try to. Min tamamin ni'mati alayk. Min tamamin ni'mati alayk. An yarzukha kama yakfiq wa yamna'a kama yudghiq. He says, a part of the completeness of the graces of Allah Ta'ala upon you, meaning Allah Ta'ala's tamam ni'mah, the fact that He's giving you so many blessings, part of the completion, perfection of that, is that if He grants you ma yakfiq, that which is sufficient for your needs. And He holds back from you that which will exceed the bounds and will make you uh, disobey Him. So what that means is that, look, uh, we do need risk. We need provisions. Why? Because we are human beings and we have physical needs. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us, grants us dunya, but how much dunya He gives us? Mayak fiqh, which is sufficient for our needs. He doesn't give us so much uh, that we end up becoming arrogant, proud, and disobeying Him with that. So if He gives us, that's why Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made dua for a risk. What did He say? That that which is kafaf, sufficient for the needs. And he prevents from us those things uh, which will make us disobey him. So we, uh, we become so drunk in that blessing that we begin to forget about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at the, the um, like in the du'as of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa things he sought protection from. Min ghinan yudghini in faqran yunsini. He seeks protection from ghina, such wealth, yudghini, which will make me arrogant and that I transgress and disobey you. And he also sought protection on the opposite side from such faqar, such poverty, you, uh, that Yunsini will make me uh, forget about you and say, where is my Allah? He doesn't exist. I don't believe in him or I don't love him because he has brought this, subhanAllah, uh, poverty upon me. So both, both extremes are something to seek protection from. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on one side, he said that, uh, كَادَ الْفَقْرُ أَنْ يَكُونَ 
kufra, that extreme need can lead to kufr. So this is how many of the NGOs and missionaries, they are being successful in impoverished poor Muslim countries. Uh, they will ask, uh, you know, a boy that, have you ever um, tasted this Hershey chocolate bar? Right? For the little kids here, think about, imagine, you know, you have it so many times, um, but he will say no. Have you ever got close to it? He said, the closest I got to it is I uh, licked a wrapper from the garbage, from the dump. I saw a shiny wrapper, Hershey chocolate. I said, wow, imagine. I tried to smell it and lick it. That's the closest. I can give you a whole box. All you have to say is, Jesus Christ is my Savior, the Lord, Son of God. So this is, Faqr can lead to kufr. And excessive wealth can lead to being intoxicated by that in the path of Qarun and Namrud and Haman and Shaddad and Firaun and Namrud, all of these people. So we, we, want, we want risk. We need risk, right? How much risk? That is kafi, sufficient for our needs. So the complete blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yarzukhaka ma yakfiq that He grants you that which is sufficient for your needs. And He holds back from you that which exceeds the bounds. So, uh, he writes here, Abundant sustenance often leads to a man's transgression and rebellion. If a person is uh, too much, too many blessings, he becomes trans, uh, transgressor, rebels against Allah. He becomes unmindful of Allah while he basks in the luxury of the graces. On the other hand, if the graces are insufficient for his needs, then he is disturbed and his heart finds no rest. You cannot do much ibadah if you are worried about how to bring the bread to the table of your kids. He constantly drifts from the path of his master. So what's the best case scenario? However, the bestowal of graces that suffices for his needs, neither too many nor too few. This is the complete grace, uh, completeness of Allah's grace on the servant. Not too much, not too less. Right? Exact proportion. The servant, therefore, who has sufficient, me, need, uh, sufficient means for his needs, so therefore, what should he do? Wholeheartedly apply himself to to the invocation of Allah the Most High. May Allah Ta'ala uh, grant us. Allah makfina bi halalika an haramin. See the word akfina is there too. Give us kifaya. Give us so much, oh Allah, halal. That we don't have to turn to haram. Grant us so much of your fadl that we are independent of everyone else besides you. You grant us so much that we don't need to look at anyone besides you. May Allah Ta'ala give us the reality. Let us make brief dua inshallah as uh, we have to proceed. Before we make dua, let us... Um, Insha'Allah, uh, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First, let us declare His purity. The before tahliya, declare the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pure from awalu bila bidaya, pure from having a beginning, pure from having an end, pure from being restricted by zaman and makan. Here is the way He was before He created time and space, after creating time and space. And none of the things change Him. Uh, he's pure from any change in his being and, and his attributes and any decline so he's pure from all of these things so we declare his purity and we declare his purity by saying uh, subhanallah subhanallah declaring the purity of Allah Ta'ala 33 times subhanallah 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 Since he is pure from all defects, there, and we have removed that removed them from Allah Taala's being in our mind, 
then second step is to attribute all the attributes of perfection to him that he is the Samir and Basir, he is all hearing, all seeing, all knowing the Khalid, the Fatir, the Malikul Mulk, he is the one who is worthy of all praises. Alhamdulillah, 33 times. Since he is pure from all defects, subhanAllah, since he is worthy of all praise, alhamdulillah, therefore the con- next conclusion is, and there is no one else worthy of worship besides him. Who else should we worship besides him? Anyone else? No one. Therefore, la ilaha illallah, 33 times. Now, subhanAllah, we said he is pure from all defects, subhanAllah, worthy of all praise, alhamdulillah, therefore no one to worship besides him, worthy of worship besides him, la ilaha illallah. In fact, we are now, our hearts are overcome with what? With his greatness. So we exclaim, Allahu Akbar, he is the greatest, 33 times. So then what do we ask from him? Now we say that, O oh Allah, you protect us from our nafs and shaitan and our evil influences. And we declare that there is la hawla anil ma'asiyah, no power who can protect us from his disobedience. No power to bring us towards the worship, except for the tawfiq min Allah al-aliyah al-azim. In short, we say la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. La hawla wa la quwata illa. And then as we conclude, we're going to make dua. We send salawat upon our beloved Master, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Without salawat upon him, our duas will be rejected. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad 33 times. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. And lastly, we contemplate over our disobedience, the, how many ni'am came from him and how much kufrun uh, ni'am and gratitude from, to the blessing of Allah went back from us. And we say, Astaghfirullah.
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Allahümme salli ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve barik ve sellem. Allahümme barik ala Muhammedin ve ala ali Muhammedin ve barik ve sellem. Allahümme ca'al ijtima'ana hada ijtima'a marhuma ve ca'al tafarruqana ba'dahu tafarruqa ma'asuma ve la adna'a fina ve la minna ve la ma'ana şakiyim ve la mahruma. Allahümme ati nüfusana taqvaha Allahümme ati nüfusana taqvaha Allahümme ati nüfusana taqvaha ve zekiha enta hayru men zekaha enta veliyuha ve mevlaha Allahümme inna nesuluka imanan kamila ve yakinan sadiqa ve tevbeten nasuha ve tevbeten qabla almaut ve rahatan indel maut ve mağfiratan ba'del maut ve l'afu indel hesab ve l'fawza bil cennet ve l'necat minel nar Allahümme sturna fawgal ard ve sturna tahtal ard ve sturna yevmel ardi aleyk Allahümme inna na'udhu bika min zavali ni'matik Allahümme inna na'udhu bika min zavali ni'matik ve tahavvali afiyatik ve fücaati nakmatik ya Rabbil alemin O Allah, O Allah, O Allah allow us to worship you in a manner pleasing to you O Allah allow us to be thankful for all your blessings ya Rabbil alemin O Allah do not test us with sabar ya Rabbil alemin O Allah allow us success in the test of shukr ya Rabbil alemin O Allah, O Allah fill our hearts with gratitude for all of your blessings Allow us to have the wisdom to understand that all these blessings from in that all the blessings come from you and you alone, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, oh Allah, grant us Iman and Kamil, complete Iman, grant us Istiqama, steadfastness, Ikhlas, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, help the Muslim brothers throughout the world, Ya Rabbil Alameen, grant them your unseen help, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, oh Allah, protect our masajid, madaris, and protect our Muslim homes and businesses, and protect our wives and children. In this, in this country and throughout the world, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Aizzati Amma Yasifun. As-salamu ala al-mursaleen. Just a humble reminder that uh, we have our HIF students uh, who come in and we need to wrap up and clean up the uh, breakfast hall for them on, so their class is not delayed. So that's why I humbly request everyone to quickly partake in the, in the breakfast. Do not delay, inshallah. You can perform quickly two rakat nafal, ishraq, followed by two rakat, four rakat nafal, and then participate in the breakfast.